God. Come on, lift your hands all over the room to a holy and righteous God. Come on, holy is the Lamb of God. Holy is our Father. Holy is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, let us reverence him. Come on, let us reverence him. Come on, let us reverence him. Holy is our God. God. 
we serve a holy God this morning. Some of y'all are waiting for what's next, but God is holy now. God is righteous now. God is sovereign now. Hallelujah. And in this moment, he deserves our praise. I said in this moment, he deserves our praise. The Bible declares, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. So I didn't ask for a hand clap, but I said, in this moment, he deserves our praise. Open up your mouth and begin to give God praise for being holy. Come on, for being holy. For being holy. For being holy. He is holy. He is holy is holy and we reverence the king of kings and the lord of lords when you understand what he is to you you have a hard time not praising him and not blessing him and not honoring him but our god is truly holy today and I'm excited about the presence of the Lord that is in the room this morning while you are standing let us honor the spirit of the Lord let us honor the spirit of the Lord come on open up your mouth open up your mouth open up your mouth and give God what is due Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless the name of our God. Listen, y'all. Hey. For some of you, what you need is in this moment. What you need is in this moment. If you would just lift your hands and open up your heart, everything you came to get is in this moment. It's personal. Hey, you're waiting for somebody to say something, but God is talking. Hey, it's personal. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. I got that. Lift your hands in the room. Open up your heart in the room. Hey, let them in. Let them in. Let them in. Hey. 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 The presence of the Lord is here. Hey, the presence of the Lord is here. Hey, hey, somebody ought to bow in the presence. Hey, somebody ought to jump in the presence. Somebody ought to bow in the presence. Somebody came in the room broken, but in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy and triumph, 
I wanted to walk away, he kept me. When I wanted to go another way, he kept me. I'm afraid that we've become quite common with God. And so we just expect him to do it. But I'm telling you, there are some things that you did not know that he blocked. I'm telling you, there are some corners that you turned that the bullet was assigned to you, but it missed you and went into the wall. I ain't got to prove it. I am proof. Glory be to God. I'm moving. But you think about that for a moment. It was your baby that he kept. It was your mind that he sustained. It was your body that he kept healed. And so we give him praise. And we to get here this morning you have no idea what I went through today you have no idea what I stumbled upon today but crossed over nothing but God I'm moving there is a word nobody but the Lord Nobody but the Lord. 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 Put your hands together in the room. If you know that it was nobody 
but the Lord. The enemy tried it, but God turned it. But God turned it. Nobody but tried it. But God turned it. He tried it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give glory and honor to God. For where would we be without him? What would we do? We'd be like a ship without a sail wandering away in the cares of this world and so i say lord i thank you for the great and mighty things that you have done for your people come on let us stand all over the building and honor this great man of god we honor god for our pastor and every person that is functioning today in the household of faith we thank God for you and your servitude y'all are on fire today I'm afraid to come close to you God bless you in Jesus name and I thank God for you that showed up for what the Lord has for you come on give yourselves a hand in the room oh my God it feels so good to be back home. Y'all ain't celebrate enough for me because you have no idea. Woo, Jesus. I just thank God for all of you that traveled with me last weekend. And I'm glad to see all of you in the house today to honor God in the room. I just want to thank God for uh, um, Deacon Elect Stacy and Minister Brandy and all of you. Sister Ernestine, where are you? Uh, I thank God for you and, uh, and all of you that have gone with me. Um, as I travel, there is no place like home. There is no place like home. And I'm grateful to be back here. But I've been fighting all week. Oh, Jesus. I've been fighting all week. And, babe, you know, I stood right there and I realized that the fight has been so strong for us this week because what we're about to do next week. And so I'm so glad that we made it. I'm so glad. Because the enemy knows that if we cross over, he's over. Ah, that's for you in the room. The enemy knows that you are one step from meeting what God has assigned for your life in this season and in this time. And if you cross over, if you just get one toe over the line, he knows that he has no power over your win. I declare over you, even in this moment, that it is so in Jesus' name. You can celebrate because it is so. You can celebrate because it is so. It is so. I'm excited today because y'all prayed for me because the enemy 
is trying something even now. But I declare and decree that it will not work. I declare it even now. So there is a word from the Lord this morning. Oh, Jesus, I thank God. Hallelujah for being a vessel to be used by God. Little sleep, but I'm grateful. Glory to our King. Hallelujah. I want you to understand that the Lord is calling his sons and daughters to the forefront. He has extended his favor toward you to fulfill the hard thing. It is not by chance that we've been talking about faith. He has extended his favor, somebody catch it, toward you to fulfill the hard thing. The words of decree and declaration according to the heart of God will be made manifest. Somebody ought to shout right there if you know what I said. If you open your mouth and speak the will of God, you will see the will of God manifest. But this is indeed the season of the rising of the new persons to be pure in heart. And they will defend the lineage of Christ. Hear me and hear me good. If you are speaking any other thing, you will be cut off in this season. The Lord is raising up those that will not be afraid to speak what he is saying in this hour. And the Lord has given many of you words of affirmation of what he's doing in the heavenlies to speak in the natural so that we will see what is going on up there. But if you don't rise up, nothing will take place. Tell somebody the Lord needs your voice. The Lord needs your voice. Yeah. Yeah. We must remember that we are the Lord's inheritance and the fullness thereof. What? We are the Lord's inheritance and the fullness thereof. He is truly calling you for such a time as this. This is not cliche. What you see has no reign over you. That's your shouting moment right there. What's going on in the city has no reign over you. What's going on in your family has no reign over you. For the Lord says, I have given you divine authority to demolish every work of darkness. He said, shine bright, daughter. Shine bright, son. He is sending you forth to make crooked places straight. He is tearing down and rebuilding to remove the obstacles that have come against not just you, but this nation. Hey! So it says, I'm calming down because you got to hear this part. The Lord says that we ought to wrap ourselves in a blanket of humility. It's not our gift. It's not our anointing. 
it belongs to God for his glory. We must wrap ourselves in a blanket of humility and be clothed with garments of righteousness. And we must take dominion and rule with authority. For he has given us authority over scorpions and over serpents. And we can put our foot on the neck of the enemy. For the Lord is saying, for I have given them the pen to write their own story. The Lord is saying in this moment, the pen is in your hand. So is the outcome. You are not powerless as you suppose. You are subject to your own storyline and it will play out the way that you dictate, mandate and pin it. What am I saying? The Lord has given you instruction. Write the vision. Uh, make it plain and you shall see what the Lord says concerning you. Ephesians 2 and 10 is the scriptural text that the Lord gave me for this prophetic word to bring context to it and it says we have become his poetry. And recreated people that will fulfill destiny that he has given each of us. Y'all not excited? Oh, okay. Okay. He says, I'm giving you a blank canvas. Do y'all know what that means? It means that everything that you did wrong is wiped out. Everything that you said wrong is destroyed. Everything that you could do wrong is now wiped away. I'm giving you a blank canvas to write what you expect to witness. I'm giving you a blank canvas to write what you expect to see. I'm giving you a blank canvas to write what I said concerning you. I'm giving you a blank canvas. For the era that we are living in demands a response from the body of Christ. To stand up courageously and step into the unknown and speak what has been unspoken and create the world that we want to see. Glory. I'm so glad to know that you're doing the work. I'm so glad to know that you're doing what God has called you to do, babe. We have to close doors to our past in this season. Y'all don't like it because somehow we like to keep the revolving door open. We like to allow things to enter and exit our lives at their will. But God is saying in order for you to access the authority that I've given you, close the door, baby. Close the door. Close the door on your past. Close the door. On your past moves, your past motives, your past methods, your past ways, your past formulas, and embrace this uncharted territory. I heard the Lord say again, Jasmine, that I am setting the stage. 
I don't know about you, but what I've learned in my study of the word and of God, when he repeats a thing, it is nearer than it was the first time that he said it. He said, I am setting the stage and whatever you write and legislate, the heavens will release. God, we have to begin to take responsibility and set into motion the things that God has laid on our heart from his heart. It's not just a word that he's given you. It's not just something that you are thinking. The Lord has given you the keys to your destiny. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to ascertain it? I want to declare over you that risk takers become history makers risk takers become history makers and because the stage is being set for this people there's some things you got to do you've got to dig deeper you got to show up more you've got to be present more all of it at the same time because while you're moving God is pouring Oh, my God, while you're moving, God is pouring. I want you to fully understand, people of God, that this is the birthing season. Things that you've done in past seasons that didn't work, this season is redeeming it. For the storyline is being flipped. Only God is in control of our storyline. Those moments that the enemy has robbed from you, we are regaining. Gaining even in this moment. Hey, I heard the Lord say, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the old age foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of the streets and dwellings. Isaiah 58 and 12. If you receive the prophetic word of God, open up your mouth and thank him. Here it is. I am learning that no matter what it looks like, we must rise to the height of our calling. Somebody tweet that. We must rise to the height of our calling and begin to soar beyond the place of suffering. Oh, God. See, the problem is we get stuck at the suffering, but we've got to begin to soar at that place that has called us to suffer. Begin to soar at that place that wounded us. Begin to soar right in the face of traumatic experiences. Begin to soar right there. When it is that you have relationship with God, you begin to learn the shifts in seasons such that you are not succumb to temporary situational activity that is taking place in that moment. Yeah. You understand that today's suffering has the potential to be tomorrow's stage. My God, that is why, in fact, believers, as believers, we must recognize that every attack is not an attack of the enemy. Everything is not the enemy. You can rebuke them if you want. But some of those things God assigned to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. If it didn't work, perhaps it was not God's will. 
If it messed up, maybe God messed it up. Uh-huh. Could it be that it broke up to make you better? Could it be that they left so you could live? Somebody ought to shout about who left their life. Because when they left, now you can live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, ah. Woo. Woo. I need to shout again. Somebody else left so I can live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could it be? That you've become comfortable in a place and God has continued on. Could it be that God is no longer where you were, but God is where you're going? Huh? Sometimes we begin to give the enemy too much credit. And the truth is, it's a setup from the floor up. It's a setup from the inception to get you to where God needs for you to go. Yeah. Maybe you, you've been running to the beat of a past rhythm. And God is in a posture of repose. Maybe, babe, God is resting. Maybe he's chilling. Maybe he's relaxing. Maybe he's silent, waiting for us to get in alignment with what he's doing in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all remember the song, And the Beacons? I'm telling my age. I'm telling my age. Deacon Ramey, Elder Torah, I'm telling my Eight. But, but God only stays in a place until the purpose of that place is fulfilled. Yeah. And so when we stay in a place where God no longer resides, we are missing the mark. Yeah. And here it is. Seeing ourselves through eyes of what we used to do and what we can't do and what we couldn't do, uh, what we don't have the resources for and what we're afraid to do, in fact, eliminates the possibility of experiencing all that God has called us to do. I hope y'all got that. Mm-hmm. As a result, we find ourselves wasting away into moments of discouragement and frustration in a place that we chose to stay, but God decided to kill. Yeah, yeah. We find ourselves in that place over and over again when the season ceases to no longer exist. You, can sit, you can't sit there any longer with your legs crossed and your arms folded. When that season is over, it's not time to settle. It's time to soar. Somebody say, it's my time to soar. I want to declare again over this church that God will grace you into your goal. What in the world are you talking about, Pastor Shelley? 
I am saying that when it's time for you to get up and go, the thing that bothered you while you were sitting still no longer will bother you. The thing that came to sit on you will no longer apply pressure because you'll look at it as an opportunity instead of a problem. I want you to understand that God is gracing you for your goal. Yeah, because risk takers become history makers. Yeah. Mark 8 and 35 reads on this wise. I want to take my shoes off so bad, but I'm trying to have some decorum. Y'all don't understand. When the oil is on me heavy, my feet burn. Ah. Mark 8 and 35 says, for whoever wishes to save his or her life, it's gender neutral, will lose it. But whoever loses his life or her life for my sake and the gospel will save it. I want you to scream real loud even in this moment because you've not lost your mind. You've not lost your footing. You've not lost your way. You've come to the place where it's time to take a risk. And risk takers become... swiftly to this word in the book of Ruth. I have to give this little conditional clause. Every time we look in the book of Ruth, we seemingly deal only with uh, uh, Ruth. We oftentimes ignore any other person that participates in what is going on in the book of Ruth. And so today, I want to bring your attention to Naomi and not Ruth so much. Uh huh. For the Bible tells us that in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. Somebody say famine. Mm -hmm. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of that man was Elimelech and the name of his wife was Naomi and the names of his two sons were Melon and Shilion. They were Ephraimites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and they remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. Somebody say died. Mm -hmm. And she was left with her two sons. These took, uh, I'm sorry, these took Moabite wives. These two sons took wives illegally. But if you really look at the text here, if I can walk you through it, I'm going to skip around a lot to make my points. But if I can walk you through it, when you really look at the text, <clears throat> God was setting the stage in the beginning. Whenever he decides to take a life, he's taking a turn. Hear me, y'all. This is why the Bible tells us that we ought to celebrate at death and cry at birth. 
Uh-huh. It's part of the reason why, anyway. Uh, the, the, the Bible says that these two sons took Moabite wives. These women were depicted negatively. They carried what I call the double F factor. See, somebody's mind is traveling somewhere. It doesn't belong right there. But, but what I want you to know is that they were foreigners. In other words, they did not know their own identity. The Moabite women did everything and then some. Mm -hmm. They were foreigners. Whew, we are living in a land of foreigners. Uh -huh. They were pagans and they worshiped the God of Chemosh. Uh -huh. Not Christ. But Chemosh, the name of the one was named Orpha, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there for about 10 years. I love how they make inference of numbers in the word because they have great meaning. 10 years means authority, completeness, and union. Mm -hmm. And both the sons then dies. Somebody think about that. So first, Naomi lost her husband. Then she lost her two boys that had the ability, watch this, to produce. So Naomi was left without her sons and her husband. See, sometimes we sit in a seat, seat of grief when God is trying to create greatness. So I'm quite sure if I look at this whole picture well, Naomi was probably suffering from grief. Though this text does not say that, how could she not be? Uh-huh. And so... She made a decision that she had to do something different. And so while running away from her past, somebody got to close some doors, Naomi inadvertently runs directly toward her purpose. So one decision shifted her trajectory. Ooh. Hence, one decision can shift your trajectory in the wrong direction. But Naomi decided to go in the direction that she was being led to go. Uh, the Bible says, then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. <clears throat> For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So wait. She was dealing with the famine. She was a foreigner, and she had no food. She had a lot of stuff. It sounds like some of our life story. We got a lot of stuff going on at once, but we still got to make a decision. She had all that going on, all that to think about, but she still had to move. She said she, so she set out from the place where she once was. Mm-hmm. Which she set out from the place where she was defined. Listen, y'all. Listen. In the place of your inception is also the place of people's opinion. Mm 
where you start, people will always have something to say. We tend to get comfortable with the noise in the background in our Genesis place. But when God is saying go, we must go. So she got up to go with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. She went to return to the place that she knew. Uh-huh. But Naomi said to her two daughters, whoo, Jesus, she said, go, return each of you to your own mothers. I don't have no boys. I don't have any children, and I don't want y'all with me. I'm telling you, Naomi was determined not to take them with her. She was determined not to take them to wherever she was going. The first thing I want you to know is that risk takers must have courage. They must do something that frightens them. Uh-huh. And in the face of grief, they must rise up in strength. They, they, they must take the grief and grow. Not go, grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they must have their resolve in the fact that if the Lord is sending me here, there must be something there for me. They must have the audacity to see what's on the other side. I don't know about you in the room, but I dare you to do it. I dare you to do the hard thing that God is calling you to do. She told her daughters-in-law to go. Oh, my gosh. Risk takers can call the shots. Mm -hmm. They can call the shots. Uh, she tells them to go back and leave. But what I want to tell you is that you ought to be sure not to detour your destiny because you are sending away your blessing. See, she told her daughters-in-law, I'm going to make it real for y'all in a minute. She told them to go away from her. She said, the Lord that grant, grant you may find rest and each of you in the house of a husband. Then she kissed them and lifted up her voice and wept. And they said to her, no, we'll return with you and your people. But Naomi said, turn back. Mm -hmm, my daughters. Why do you want to go with me? I don't have one thing. I don't have anything. Y'all marry my sons, not me. Why do you want to go with me? The sons of my womb that I had by my husband are now gone. Turn back, my daughters, and go your way. For I am old and I have no husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? What do you want from me? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. She had become bitter because of what the Lord had allowed in her life, not knowing that it was a setup. Uh -huh. Be careful not to speak against God too quickly. Be careful not to open your mouth against the will of the Lord prematurely. Everything that God does is for good. 
Hear me, y'all. That's why you got to know if it's God or if it's the enemy. When you know it's God, no matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it seems, no matter how long it takes, it's good. It's good. Orpah kissed her mother, and she went on about her way. Risk takers are uncommon. They stand out. Uh-huh. Naomi had no idea that she stood out enough for them to want to follow her. You got to be careful because you never know who's watching you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. And the truth is, those that are watching you are trying to get somewhere that they know you can take them. But if you dismiss them, then your assignment might be forfeited. In other words, playing it safe uh, is not a boulder. Instead, it's a boundary. See, you, you, you've got to understand that, that Naomi had no idea what her assignment was in the life of her daughters-in-law. Now, one has gone back home to her mother, but yet she has another following. Will you put up uh, the uh, chapter four for me, please? I'm prom I promise I'm going to bring it home because risk takers become history makers. Yeah. And so uh, the Bible says, and Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people. See, Ruth was with her a long time. Ruth decided to go with her back into the city and she stuck up close with her because she knew that there was something that she had. And even though Naomi was in a place of vulnerability and grief, uh, she didn't really want her with her. But after a while, she began to pick up the mantle of mother. See, Shame on you if you've been doing the same thing for a long time but never pick up the mantle. Shame on you if you walk with someone for so long but your life never changes. Shame on you if everything in the person that's pouring in you never becomes a part of your DNA. Shame on you. Shame on you. So here she... Naomi realizes that Boaz, who is the kinsman redeemer, is awaiting. And back in those days, it was custom for the next kin to marry the widow in the family. That's some sick stuff. <laughs> Nevertheless, Boaz sees Ruth tilling in the field, and he was inclined to invite her into his life. Y'all read it on your own. And in chapter 4, we get here and it says, And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, You are witnesses this day. Watch this, y'all. Mm -hmm. That I may have brought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Shilion's and Malon's and the, of the hand of Naomi. Come on, y'all. Move. Moreover, the Moabites... The wife of Milan have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren. 
And from the gate of this place, you are witnesses this day. Come on. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. The Lord make the woman that has come into thine house like Rachel and Leah, which two did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem. Stop right there. Uh-huh. This is, this is probably my last point. But Naomi had no idea that she would go from a widow to wealthy. Keep going. I think it's another. Oh, you got it. Okay. And let the house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah of the seed which the Lord gave thee of, the, of this young woman. Come on. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, it's Ruth's baby. Why is she talking to Naomi? Blessed be the Lord, which have not left thee this day with a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. Risk takers become history makers. The text makes you believe that Ruth is literally giving her baby to Naomi to breastfeed. Watch this. But, but literally what is happening here is that Ruth is giving her baby to Naomi to become an active participant in raising the baby as a grandmother according to their culture. Naomi was not a nurse to the baby, but she could help a great deal because of all that she had learned and poured into her boys. So Naomi is carrying him and caring for him. I don't know if you really understand what is going on in the room, but Naomi, who went through years of grief, could have turned away her blessing if she'd allowed Ruth to go away. But she took a risk and invited her into her heart. And because of it, she became a history maker. How did she become a history maker? Here, here it is right here. And I promise you, I'm going to take my seat. What makes us history makers is the influence and the course that we mark on history. Uh-huh. Yeah. My grandbaby keeps calling Katanja. That's what she calls her. Mm-hmm. The mark that you make on history becomes his story. Here, y'all, Naomi had no idea that by keeping Ruth attached to her hip and sending her to marry the kinsman redeemer, that she was creating a lineage of wealth. Because if you understand that, that, that Ruth's son, she gave back to Naomi as the grandmother, but technically was not the grandmother. She was adopted in to the kingdom of God based on Ruth's connection with her. Let me tell you right here, the person that you 
child. It's the person that has your destiny in their hands. Look, Ruth submitted to Naomi. And, and Ruth came back to Naomi and said, early on, see what had happened was. Early on, you said that it's not like you're going to have another husband. You said that your womb was old and you'll never have another son. You said that, that you have nothing to offer me. Here, here it is right here. But Ruth comes back and literally submits her son, Obed, to Naomi. Well, when she submitted her son to Naomi, she also submitted the lineage of wealth to Naomi. I'm sorry. She also transferred the lineage of wealth to Naomi. How do I know? Y'all looking at me like you don't know your word. Because her son's name was Obed. Obed was the son of Ruth and the son of Boaz. He was the father of Jesse. The grandfather of David and the grandson of Naomi all in the lineage of Jesus Christ all in the lineage of Jesus Christ all because Naomi said yes all because Naomi took a risk not only one risk, but two risks. She left her familiar place to go to another. And then she took somebody else's children with her. Two risks. And if I really look at the text this way, it didn't seem like she had a very good relationship with the daughters-in-law uh, when the sons were living. Maybe it was just that they married them, but they had no relationship. But God will connect divinely who you need to get to your destiny. God will orchestrate who you need to push you to greater obstacles. God will do it. While being comfortable is common, it's definitely not courageous. And Naomi was courageous, more courageous than I'd ever seen. I've preached this text several times on the basis of Ruth and on the basis of having a Naomi in your life to push you. But I never saw it as her taking risk and becoming a history maker because of her yes. Wait, wait. See, some of y'all get stuck at your yes to God. But she had a yes to the move, and she had a yes to Ruth. And then she had a yes to God. We're in this age where everybody kind of wants to do what they want to do but not be submitted to anything. This text shows us clearly uh, that in order to receive the blessings of God, you've got to be connected to them. 
They're there, but you've got to be connected to them. And quite frankly, you can't leave before the reading of the will. Naomi stayed until the will was read. Naomi stayed until she saw the blessings of the Lord over her life. I'm talking to the one in the room that says it's not worth it. I'm talking to the one in the room that says they can't take it. I'm talking to the one in the room that say they can't move anymore. I'm talking to the one in the room that has trouble submitting. Your faith is tied to those that are connected to you to get you to where you need to go. Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he will be in the midst. So that partnership between her and Ruth was necessary. It's so important that we connect with the people that God is saying connect to. Not because they dress nice, look good, may be anointed, but connect with the person that God says that you ought to connect with. Because when you connect with the wrong person, it causes you to continue to go in circles, going nowhere, obtaining nothing, getting nowhere in your destiny. And so I know for some of you, what you're going through is complicated. Uh-huh. I know it's complicated. My life is too. But I refuse not to take a risk on God. If he said it, that settles it. If he spoke it, I can surrender to it. Because he's God. And he's not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that shall repent. And because of it, everything that he said concerning me, I will see it. Maybe not when I want to. Maybe not when I feel like I deserve it. But I guarantee you, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Many of you have great plans, great proposals, but no faith. Faith without works is dead. What does that mean? That means that if your faith ain't moving, you're not going to move. <clears throat> it means that if you don't believe what the Lord said concerning you. You may as well sit down and be quiet. This is not the time to vacillate in your faith. I don't know how to express how crucial this timing is. Whew. If in fact God said it, Take the risk on God and glorify God without God. <clears throat> and so as you are preparing for your next, whatever the idea is, whatever the hard thing is, whatever the thing is that has frightened you, <clears throat> you must spend ample time with God to hear what he is saying concerning it. 
I will say to some of you, the Lord will tell you this is not the season. And many of you, I hear God, many of you will jump out and do it anyway, and it won't be what you intended it to be. Because timing is everything. Just because he says it now doesn't mean that it's for now. But take the risk and prepare the plan. Take the risk and prepare the information. Take the risk and prepare it so that when time comes, you're already prepared. I've held on to a proposal that was in my heart for my job for probably about three years. I finally mentioned it to my boss and she said, write it out. I write it out and it's being executed this week. Timing is everything. And no, it's not about me. But we have got to align with what God is saying and not walk to the beat of our own drum. Even while taking faith risk, you still need God's instruction. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's somebody in the room with something big on their heart that they'd like to perform. But God is saying in this moment, wait on me. Because I'm preparing behind the scenes every resource that you need. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. For I am with you. I don't know who that is for, but it's for someone in the room. What I understand is that the pandemic produced a lot of prematurity. Even in, even in my life to a degree. Because we were complacent and confined, we began to produce things that were out of time. You know, your birthday is your birthday because God says now, go into time. Go into time. That's why we all don't have the same birthday. Because he's so very God that he could have said, let there be all of us on this day. But he decided that every single thing would have its time. How is it that we think we can rush God? And I will say this and I will take my seat. When we rush God and we move out of time we end up disappointed and frustrated at the outcome. Take the risk, but wait on God. Take the risk on God, not on people. Because people will tell you they're going to help you. They're going to be there for you. They're going to look out for you. And when the time comes, they won't show up. Ask me how I know. We put so much trust in people, but not enough in God. Take the risk on God. If God said it, seek him for when and prepare for it to be produced. Risk takers become history makers. Eyes have not seen, 
nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the good things that the Lord has in store for you. Even if you tried to figure out what God is really doing, you could not figure it out. I even declare even in this moment that what you are thinking in your minute mind cannot stand up against what God has fathomed concerning you. So if you align with him, you won't miss the mark. The steps, I hear you, Lord, of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They're not your steps. God has ordered them. Take the risk with God and become a history maker. Because when you become a history maker, God gets the glory. Y'all see it all around you, even in this moment. It's a lot of history that has never been told because all they've seen us as, as underdogs. But we are rising all around this United States. But guess why? Because it's time. Risk takers become history makers. I'm praying for all of you in the room that you will align with the timing of God and will not move. Father, I pray even now for those in the room and those that are online today. I pray, Lord, that you would incline their ear to your heart, that they would hear you and not harden their heart. I pray that the spirit of anxiousness, nervousness, and even fear is removed far from them. Even now, Father, I pray that you would cause them to wait on you, not people. I pray, Father, that they would not be moved by what people say that they can do for them. But, Lord, I pray that at every turn you show them that you are with them and you will provide for them, even in what you've assigned for their hands to do. Lord, I pray even now that they will not lose sleep over what you've called them to do, but that they will begin to prepare for the time that you will call them forth. I thank you even now for the Esther anointing that's arising amongst these your people. For a time such as this, we honor you, Father, for every gift, every assignment, every agreement that these your people will sign in your time. In Jesus' name, amen. Where is Leger?